Hello and welcome back to Afterglow. This is episode 12 where we're going to be going back to the Sipper Nintendo, checking out Sipper R-Type, a game from the era where a lot of the games were named after the consoles. Sipper Mario World, Sipper R-Type, Sipper this, Sipper that. Uh, Trend Nintendo continued on to the N64 and thank God it died there. Could you imagine if it went on to something like the GameCube? If maybe, you know, you'd have... Instead of Mario Sunshine, be Mario Cubed or something. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people remember this game for being how difficult it was. But I'm, if it's one of the few games that you owned at the time, if you had like a new console and this was one of your only games, you got good really quick because it's all you played. But we'll go into my story and my history of Super R-Type after the music break. Definitely a funky tune from Super R-Type. I've always really liked certain sounds that the Super Nintendo audio chip could do. Um, I really like that orchestra sounds where it's like a bunch of the instruments playing off at once. Um, and I've always liked the low-end bass and the guitar sounds that the Super Nintendo generated. Just I, I know a lot of people go nuts over the Sega Genesis FM chip that they had in there for audio, but to me, I just really preferred the sound that came out of the Super Nintendo. But, speaking of Sipper, on the Sipper R-Type, um, if I remember right, this is like one of the first games I got whenever I first got the Sipper Nintendo. Um, we got the Sipper Nintendo, like, the core system, 
uh, did not include any games. Uh, like, whenever the system first came out, I think it came with Super Mario World. But, like, down the road, like, a few years after the fact, they changed the pack-in game a few times. I remember uh, Donkey Kong Country for a while was a pack-in game. But they also had a version that did not come with a pack-in game. And uh, that's the console I got. And I want to say Super R-Type was like either the first or maybe the second game that uh, I ended up getting for it. I know that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the uh, Tournament Fires, was another early one. I can't fully remember whether I had Super R-Type or uh, this one first. Now, I want to say like it was at a Walmart, and I was trying to decide between this one and Lawnmower Man, if I remember right. But uh, thank God I went with this over Lawnmower Man, right? <laughs> Go back and play Lawnmower Man if you uh, haven't yet to uh, see what I mean there. But this is easily the better of the two. So uh, this one is a side-scroller shooter. Uh, I remember I got it home, and uh, I struggled with it for a little bit. I could beat like the first stage fairly reliably, and then the second. But I died often at the third. Like, I really felt like I accomplished something if I got to the fourth. But this is one of them that I played like crazy because, again, it was one of the few games that I had for the Super Nintendo at the time. Um, everything else was NES, and I am sorry that my phone is going off. Usually I put it on Do Not Disturb for the podcast, but apparently I totally forgot about today. So, bam, Do Not Disturb, and we're not re-recording this segment. We're going to keep on going. <laughs> But uh, it was one of the few games I had for the Super Nintendo, and uh, I had a small mountain for the regular Nintendo, but um, I really enjoyed looking at the 16-bit graphics, obviously, so I played this one like mad, and I eventually just got really good at it and beat it, and continue beating it over and over and over again. I would uh, increase the difficulty setting, which in this game, the difficulty... Uh, the big thing about the difficulty, it doesn't really throw very many extra enemies at you, but it increases how many bullets they shoot and the speed of the bullets. Like, if you're playing the lowest difficulty, the bullets don't come at you as often, and they're going pretty slow. Like, you can maneuver pretty easily to get out of their way. Uh, you play it in hard, though, uh, they're all over the place and they come fast. <laughs> but, uh... <clears throat> Later on in life, I remember reading on forums like about how difficult this game was, and the only thing that made it uh, easier was the fact that it had terrible slowdown. And it did. Uh, it had some very, very major slowdown whenever the screen started getting packed with bullets and sprites. But um, it's one of those things to where if it's one of the only games you were playing at the time, you got good quick. And you learn the enemy patterns, and you could beat the game. And to this day, the entire series for R-Type is known as really, really difficult shooters. And um, I'm a huge fan of R-Type. Like, I uh, recently picked up R-Type Final 2, and I struggle with that one, too. Um, I can get to about the fourth or fifth level, and then I usually run out of lives at that point. But it's one of those things as you get older, you don't have the time to put in the games that you did whenever you were a kid. Like, I would easily play uh, Super R-Type two to three hours a day. Whereas R-Type Final these days, you know, I'm going to be putting in half an hour to an hour a week. So uh, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this game. It's really funny how, you know, as you get older, you might still enjoy gaming, but you don't put in as much time. 
And uh, it's a bummer to a degree because then you have games like Sipper R-Type. Everyone just brushes off the entire R-Type series. Oh, it's, you know, an incredibly hard shooter and everything. And uh, it is. But at the same time, if you can put the time into it, it's just an absolute blast to play. Um, Especially those uh, later stages. I remember there's one stage, it kind of like has a factory feel to it, but it... For the final boss, there's a, a side-scrolling section where everything speeds up really quickly. So you're having to dodge obstacles, charge up your shot, and the uh, boss has only a moment where you can get in there to damage it. And uh, it's very, very difficult, but if you pull it off, I mean, you feel like a beast after you're done. <laughs> but I had a blast with this game, and... um I don't have much to say after that, because this game, the only times it's been re-released, really, has been the arcade versions of it. You haven't seen the Super Nintendo port re-released anywhere, and I've uh, gotten the uh, arcade port a couple times and played it, and it actually starts at the second stage for the arcade version, which I guess the Super Nintendo had, like, an extra stage at the beginning of it, which was kind of like a tutorial stage. It was pretty long and it was a decent level whereas the arcade started you at that uh, level where you're going like into this uh, base thing to take out everything inside the space Super Nintendo had you um, just in outer space flying through like an asteroid field you could see some of the planets in the background and everything it was pretty cool Uh, I really think the intro stage was a, a good idea for new players so and uh that's pretty well most of what I have to say. Like I said, I've uh, bought the uh, arcade version, and I've uh, played through it, and I can manage to beat it too, because the levels are very, very similar to the Super Nintendo version. But if you're a shooter fanatic, like I highly recommend this game. Uh, either way, Super Nintendo arcade version, and the Super Nintendo version does have some slowdown to it that you gotta deal with. But um, either way, it's a phenomenal shooter game. If you get in the side-scrolling shooter games and you haven't played an R-Type game yet, then this is uh, definitely one I would jump into. But that's going to be it for this episode of Afterglow. I don't have a ton of history and memories behind this game other than that initial period as a kid whenever I got it and spent a few months learning it and beating it. But uh, we're going to close this episode out with some more tunes from Sipper R-Type, and until next time, thanks for listening.